1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome back everybody to Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at LA Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Mark from Rams Up Here, episode 194. I am going to offer my NFC Power Rankings this episode. But before we get to that, I'm also going to examine some recent 14 and 15 player drafts. You know, we all get excited about the Rams drafting 14 guys and just assuming, deducing, that the Rams are going to come away with a bunch of studs. It's easy to overreact, get overly excited about this haul of draft picks. I've done it myself, guilty as charged, so I thought I'd go back and look at two recent drafts, a 14-player draft and a 15-player draft, and see how those turned out. Just a sanity check Maybe a reality check where the Rams may be headed with these 14 players they drafted. I think it's going to turn out pretty well still, regardless of what this little bit of research I did demonstrates. Don't get me wrong. I really love this draft. But let's pump the brakes and take a look at these other two teams and how it worked out for them. I'm also going to offer my fearsome four questions at the end of this little segment. Doing it a little bit differently this time in the past, I've provided the answers. I'm the answer man when it comes to the Rams, right? Not sure how often I'm actually correct, but I'm gonna give you my fearsome four questions from this angle. If I could give Sean McVeigh some truth serum, what are the four questions I would ask him? I need the truth, Sean, I need the answers. Please help us out here. Ram fans are dying to know the answer to these four questions. We'll get through some quick news here. Leonard Floyd finally signs with the Buffalo Bills. Another Ram leaving on a one-year deal with another team. He joins David Edwards, Taylor Rapp, and Trevan Howard, all ex-Rams now, along with ex-Rams offensive line coach Aaron Cromer. I checked their depth chart, which is very unofficial at this point. Edwards and Rapp, both backups. Rap backing up a couple of really good safeties, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I'm sure he'll get on the field quite a bit, though. What are other people saying about the Rams? Well, Stu Jackson, who writes for Rams.com, had an article about how the Rams might replace Jalen Ramsey at that so-called star position. Good article by Stu. Raheem Morris mentioning two players, Kobe Durant and Sean Jolly. Jackson writing that Morris says Durant and Jolly both have the necessary tools and attributes to fill that role, but they're both a bit smaller than Jalen Ramsey. Durant listed at 5'11", 180, Jolly 5'9", and 180, and Ramsey 6'1", 208. Morris admitting that Ramsey's size at that star position was really unique, but he still thinks Durant and Jolly could get that job done. Jackson also pointed out that the Rams have two cornerbacks on the roster that are closer to Ramsey in size, Robert Rochelle, 6'2", 195, and Cameron McCutcheon, 6'3", 200. So maybe they can emerge at that star position. I didn't really get the Durant thing. I see him as a CB1, not taking that star role. But hey, I will defer to Raheem Morris on this. I think he knows a little bit more than me. Some Ram ruminations. What are other people saying about the Rams? Chris Trapazzo of CBS Sports. He identified six sleeper players in the NFC, six rookies that could really emerge and contribute. And for the Rams, I assumed it was going to be Nakua. Everybody's really excited about him. But no, it was Kobe Turner, the defensive tackle. Trapazzo noted that Turner had 81 pressures on his final 794 pass rush snaps. 10.2 percent. That's pretty darn good. Wide and deceptively athletic is what Trapazzo had to say, and an advanced skill set can get to the quarterback a lot of different ways. And I was doubting whether Turner could play alongside AD. I thought he'd maybe be more of a rotational guy spelling AD, but if Trapazzo is right, maybe Turner will play alongside AD. A couple of folks predicting the Rams record. Adam Rank of NFL.com predicting a seven and ten record, 49ers 13 and four, Seahawks eight and nine. Seahawks have a four-game stretch late in the year: 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. So they better be in good shape before that stretch. And the Cardinals two and fifteen. I don't have too much trouble with someone predicting the Rams going seven and ten. That's a realistic prediction, and really possibly just two wins off of a playoff spot. Mary Jean Grace of the Sports Drop website, predicting a 7-10 and record for the Rams as well. J.B. Scott of SB Nation had a nice little article on the Rams, the gist of it being that the signing of Tyler Johnson may end any chances Lance McCutcheon has of making this final roster. And Scott thinking that the Rams may be Thinking ahead, Van Jefferson on the last year of his contract. Tyler Johnson, somewhat similar, could be his future replacement. Scott proposed the following pecking order for the Rams' wide receiver core. Wide receiver one, Cooper Cup. Wide receiver two, Van Jefferson. Wide receiver three, shared by Tutu Atwell and Ben Scaronic. Makes perfect sense. And the reserves in order, Puka Nakua, Tyler Johnson... Lance McCutcheon, and Austin Trammell. I, as you know, like Trammell more than McCutcheon. SB Nation's Danny Stone writing about the Rams trying to trade up into the first round. We've heard this a few different places. Trying to trade up with the Giants, perhaps, and had their eye on any one of five players all on offense. The theory is they're trying to go up and get a wide receiver. Four receivers went right before that Giants pick, and The Rams backed off, couldn't pull the trigger on it. Those four receivers were Jackson, Smith, Nijigba, Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. I'm guessing Zay Flowers may have been at the top of their list. I don't know who the fifth player was, but the Rams decided to forego that trade, or the Giants declined. Not sure. When the Rams got to day two, Steve Avila was the number one guy on their board, and he lasted till number 36 in the Rams got their guard. I found this note interesting. Forbes listing the most profitable franchises over the last three years. Number one was the Cowboys at $1.171 billion. There were three soccer teams in that top 10, the Hot Spurs, Manchester United, and Manchester City. There were three NBA teams, the Knicks, Warriors, and Lakers. And then three more football teams in the top 10, the Patriots, Texans, which surprised me, and the Giants, and number 11, our Los Angeles Rams. And how about the last 16 months for Stan Kroenke? The Rams won the Super Bowl in February of 2022. The Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in June of last year. And flying under the radar perhaps a little bit, his Colorado Mammoth won the 2022 National Lacrosse League Championship. I know, not one of the big four. But still, another championship for Kroenke, and now the Nuggets trying to get past the heat for another Kroenke championship. So here are my fearsome four questions, as promised. I've got Sean McVeigh sitting next to me. I'm giving him some truth serum, and he's got to answer four questions for me. What are the four questions? Number one, hey, Sean, what's the pecking order at cornerback? What are we really doing here? Who are the guys? Is it Durant? For sure, right? Kendrick? Jolly? Hodges Tomlinson? Is it someone else? Is there an undrafted free agent that you're counting on? What is the pecking order? Who are they going to be the three cornerbacks that take the field on day one? And you got to already know, barring injuries, Sean, we need to know. Question number two. Hey, who are the starting safeties? Fuller coming back from an injury. Russ Yeast got a lot of playing time last year. Quentin Lake drafted before Yeast. Didn't get on the field till late in the season. Or is there someone else got a couple of really good undrafted free agents and a drafted one, Jason Taylor. Who are the starting safeties? You got to know already. Just tell us. Question number three. Does lyric Jackson really have a shot at taking Joseph Noboom's job? You probably already know the answer to that, too, as well. Every Ram message board I go to, there is some discussion on this topic, and Ram fans are both positions. It's got to be a Lyric. Note Boom sucks. No, a Lyric doesn't have the skill set. It's got to be Note Boom. Who's it going to be, Sean? That's the biggest question on the offensive line. Maybe the only remaining concern, yeah, there's questions. Who's the starting center? How's that interior offensive line going to shape up? Not too concerned about that, though. I think we'll be in good hands no matter who it is. Who's the starting left tackle? And question number four, probably the one I care the most about. Do you have plans for Tutu this year or not? Are you going to get him involved in the offense? Are you going to design plays for him? Game one, first set of downs, get the ball to Tutu what's going on with Tutu? It's year three. Time to unleash Tutu. Is that your plan, Sean? Or are you moving on to Puka Nakua? Is Ben Skironic going to be our true number three? Or are you going to give Tutu a shot? Just lay it out for us, Sean. We can handle it. We just need to know. Okay, next up, we're going to look at two recent drafts where one team had 14 players, another team, drafted 15 players, and then after that, my NFC Power Rankings.
0: Hi, this is Mariah from Rams Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe.
1: the
2: You know, I've been talking quite a bit about the Rams strategy of adding picks, 14 picks in this last draft, and how it increases the likelihood that you're going to have a few impact players out of the draft just makes sense. It's simple math, right? But we have to be a little realistic as well, and you're probably not going to like what I'm about to say. I'm going to rain on the Rams parade a little bit, do a little bit of a reality check, pump the brakes however you want to put it. What I did was, as I went back to similar drafts, drafts where teams had a similar draft haul as the Rams did in 2023. So let's start with the 2016 Cleveland Browns. They ended up with 14 picks, and let's discount their first round pick because the Rams didn't have one. Now, I'm not going to get into whether the Browns are horrible at this, if they're not very good at drafting players in the first place, especially back in 2016. But let's just take a fair look at this draft hall, these 13 picks that came after their first round pick. Of these 13 players, a few of them were decent picks, good players, and continue to have productive careers. In the second round, number 32 overall, they took defensive end Emmanuel Ogba. He's a starter with the Dolphins now, 37 career sacks. Not a bad pick. So he went a little bit earlier than Steve Avila, the Rams' second round pick this past year. In the third round, number 65 overall, they took another defensive end, the Browns did. Carl Nassib, he went on to play with the Raiders, played with three teams, four if you count two stints with the Bucks, 25 and a half career sacks, still a free agent, decent player. In the fourth round, number 99 overall, this is a little bit later than the Rams took Kobe Turner, they drafted linebacker Joe Schobert. He's had a solid career, over 677 total tackles. He went on to play for the Jags, Steelers, and Titans as well. He is currently a free agent. And in the fourth round, number 129 overall, this is one pick later than where the Rams drafted Stetson Bennett, safety Derek Kindred played four years for the Browns, 42 games, 148 tackles, two interceptions out of the league now, but a decent player. They had two additional picks in the third round, number 76 and number 93 overall. Offensive tackle Sean Coleman, currently a free agent, and USC quarterback Cody Kessler. He finished his career with 12 NFL starts. Number 114 overall, wide receiver Ricardo Lewis. Last we heard, he was in the CFL. Another fourth-round pick, tight end Seth DeValve. And he had a decent career, played for four different teams, has been out of the league since 2020. 60 catches for 736 yards and four TDs. I wouldn't say that was a total miss, but certainly not an impact player. In the fifth round, they drafted wide receiver Jordan Payton. Out of UCLA, he finished his career with one catch. In the fifth round, Spencer Drango, an offensive tackle, played for the Browns for two years, started 19 games, and also in the fifth round, number 172 overall, wide receiver Rashard Higgins. He carved out a little bit of a role, six years with the Browns, one with the Panthers, 137 catches for 1,890 yards and 12 TDs. He's currently a free agent. And their last two picks really amounted to nothing complete misses. So what can we say about these 13 picks? None of them were home runs, that's for sure. But they got some players that contributed. Emmanuel Ogba, Carl Nassib, Joe Schobert, all solid picks. Derek Kendrick contributed a little bit. Can't complain about Rashard Higgins, a fifth-round pick, but if you go back and grade this draft, you'd probably still give it a C, C plus. nothing to get too excited about. And when we look at their first-round pick, Corey Coleman, which was a complete miss, maybe that's a reflection of the Browns' ability to draft, period. But what I'm saying here is we can't just assume the Rams' 14 draft picks is going to translate into four or five impact players I certainly hope it does, and I feel pretty good about this draft, just trying to do a little bit of a reality check here. Now let's take a look at another team that had a big draft haul, the 2020 Minnesota Vikings, 15 picks. Let's look at their 14 picks after that first-round pick, who was wide receiver Justin Jefferson. That turned out a little bit better than a Corey Coleman pick that the Browns made. Jefferson, one of the top wide receivers in the game. After that, 14 more picks for the Vikings. 31st overall, another pick in the first round, very late in the first round, cornerback Jeff Gladney. He was released and passed away, unfortunately. Number 58 overall, left guard Ezra Cleveland, solid starter. Number 89 overall, cornerback Cameron Dantzler, another solid starter. If Avila translates to what Ezra Cleveland brings to the table. I'd be okay with that, hoping for a little bit better though. Hopefully Avila actually exceeds Cleveland's performance. Rams didn't draft a cornerback early enough to compare to Dantzler, but he's a solid player. Their next four picks were all disappointing. Number 117 edge rusher DJ Wonham, a rotational guy, as was defensive tackle James Lynch. Linebacker Troy Dye out of Oregon, I had high hopes for him. I thought he was going to be a really good linebacker, essentially relegated to special teams. Not much happened with their 169th pick, cornerback Harrison Hand. He was released in 2022. Their next three picks, not bad. Wide receiver K.J. Osborne, a solid receiver and returner. Left tackle Blake Brandle, capable swing tackle. That late in the draft, not bad. He was picked a little bit later than where the Rams picked Warren McClendon. Number 205, safety Josh Metellus. Solid depth guy in the secondary and a good special teamer. And then after that, much ado about nothing, edge rusher Kenny Willickis, quarterback Nate Stanley, safety Brian Cole, offensive line Kyle Hinton. All of them have moved on or out of the league. So 15 picks. After Justin Jefferson, 14 picks, and I would say five hits and maybe no home runs, but three decent players, Ezra Cleveland, Cameron Dantzler, and K.J. Osborne. So when we look at the Rams, 14 picks, and we look at this list of players, and we get really excited about a lot of them. I'm excited about Avila, Byron Young, Nick Hampton, Davis Allen, Puka Nakua, even Zach Evans. Kobe Turner kind of on the fence. A lot of people disappointed with that pick. I choose to be optimistic. How many solid impact players are the Rams really going to get after we look at the Vikings 2020 draft and the Browns 2016 draft? Not trying to be a negative Nancy here. I still feel really good about this draft. Just adding some reality to the situation. We just got to hope that the Rams 2023 draft is better than these two drafts. Finally getting around to sharing my power rankings with you, but I am going to limit it to the NFC. Why? Because that's all I really care about. That's all us Ram fans should really care about. The 16 teams in the NFC. Now, how I did this was I ranked them 1 through 16, and I had my special assistant, who knows everything but prefers to remain anonymous, I had him provide his rankings. I took a consensus of the two rankings. And there you have it, my one through 16 in the NFC. I'm going to give you one reason to be excited about these teams and a reason why maybe you should not be too optimistic about their prospects this year. Let's start with the consensus 16th ranked team. Matt and I both had the Arizona Cardinals as our 16th best NFC team. What do you like about the Cardinals? What is their only hope? It's that Kyler Murray grows up, gives up the video games, and concentrates on football. If he does that, this Cardinals team can overperform, maybe win a handful of games. Otherwise, this team's in trouble. No real strengths on this team. Been a real depletion of talent over the last couple years. A new culture with Cliff Kingsbury being fired. They have some rebuilding to do on the field and in the clubhouse, and it may be a couple of years. Hey, they could have two very high draft picks next year. Remember, they own the Texans pick. Both Matt and I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as our 15th ranked NFC team. What do you like about them? Well, there's still a sprinkling of great players on the Buccaneers. Mike Evans is still there, for example. But Tom Brady is gone. They're going to have some growing pains there at quarterback. Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I guess. That's a big drop off. Bucks will struggle at the quarterback position this year. Now, our consensus 14th ranked team was the Washington Commanders. I had them as the 14th best team, and Matt had them at number 13. So, consensus came out to be 14. What do I like about them? Well, I love their coach, I love their defense. Overall, a really strong roster. They've always had a good defensive line. They've improved the secondary now. But why am I pumping the brakes on the Commanders? Similar to the Bucks, their quarterback situation's a little unsettled. Sam Howell going to be the signal caller for now. And that's going to hold the Commanders back, unfortunately. Now I have three teams that came in tied consensus-wise between Matt and me. And those are the Packers, Falcons, and Panthers. So we're going to call them all tied as the 11th ranked team. What do I like about the Panthers? Hey, Bryce Young could be real good real early. He's got a lot of experience. But on the other hand, he could struggle through his rookie year. So that's going to be the litmus test for the Panthers because they got a pretty good roster. Bryce Young needs to step up. And if he does, this Panthers team could actually be pretty good. The Falcons, this is a team on the upswing. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts, two great offensive weapons. But similar to a couple of these other teams, Desmond Ritter, he's the quarterback there. We'll have to see if he has what it takes. I know Matt really likes him, thinks he has a lot of potential there. But we'll believe it when we see it. And the Packers, again, it comes down to the quarterback. Is Jordan Love going to be able to keep that Packer Quarterback tradition going, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan Love. Still a pretty good roster, but they've relied on great quarterback play for years now. So that's the downside no Aaron, no playoffs. That's my gut feeling. Our consensus number 10 team. I had them at number 11, Matt had them at number 10, the Chicago Bears. This is a team with the worst record in the league last year. Got Justin Fields there. He needed some help up front and at the skill positions. And they appeared to have done that. Had DJ Moore and Robert Tunyon. A lot of free agents brought into the fold. But what do they have going against them? Still too many holes on this roster. This team still has to learn how to win. Maybe it'll be this year. Maybe by the end of this year, the Bears will have figured it out. Justin Fields will emerge as a very good quarterback, and the Bears turn it around. But they need to develop that winning culture there for sure. Our consensus number nine team, the Los Angeles Rams. I had them at number nine. Matt had them at number eight. I was holding back a little bit, not trying to be too biased in favor of my Rams. What do we have going for them? Well, this offense could really get humming again. Matthew Stafford, a healthy offensive line a new offensive lineman in Steve Avila, still got some weapons there. They could get the running game going, and Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay play off that run game, and the Rams once again become a prolific offense, just like Mike Martz is predicting. That's what we need to hope for. Now, what do we need to worry about? We need to worry about the defense. If the defense can't get it done with all those young guys, Rams could lose some shootouts for sure. Our consensus number eight team, I had them at seven. Matt had them at nine. The Minnesota Vikings. What do I like about the Vikings? Hey, a Brian Flores-led defense improves and this Vikings team, which can get it done on offense pretty consistently, steps it up on defense, and they get themselves to the playoffs. What do they have going against them? Well, remember last season, they were the cardiac kids. They won a bunch of close games, and you can't count on that. That's not a formula you can rely on. And maybe in 2023, they lose those close games. Our consensus number seven. I had them at eight. Matt had them at seven. The New Orleans Saints. And what are Saints fans hoping for that Derek Carr Chris Olavi, Michael Thomas, and a strong roster, overall anyways, take advantage of a pretty weak division. What do they have going against them? Well, how about, simply put, Derek Carr blows chunks. If Derek Carr is a Derek Carr that we're used to seeing, kind of like the AFC version of Kirk Cousins, now he's in the NFC too. If Carr struggles, so will the Saints our consensus number 16. Both Matt and I had the New York Giants at number six. What do you like about the Giants? They got some really interesting new pieces. Jalen Hyatt, the rookie wide receiver, a new center, and John Michael Schmitz. They brought in the tight end Darren Waller. This Giants team could actually improve. What do we have to worry about if you're a Giants fan? Well, maybe this 2022 version of Daniel Jones was a mirage. And they're not really that good. They're held back by their quarterback play. Like so many other teams in the NFC, this could happen to the Giants too. The quarterback play is just not good enough. Now, the next three teams, Matt and I had them all mixed up in different orders. But the consensus number five was the Seattle Seahawks. Why do the Seahawks flourish in 2023? Well, they capitalize on another great draft and continue to improve. What do we have to worry about? Maybe Geno Smith comes down to earth. That was an incredible season he had, especially with his completion percentage. Incredible. Will that happen again? I'm not so sure. We'll have to see. And our consensus number four, the Detroit Lions additions in the secondary proved the difference for the Lions. They added C.J. Gardner, Johnson, and cornerback Cameron Sutton. This is a team that really struggled stopping the opposition last year. Their offense is fine, but this defense looks to have really improved. What do we have to worry about? Well, maybe they still can't stop anybody. Maybe that's not enough because this defense is pretty bad at times. Maybe other teams are still going to be able to run it down their throat, and the Lions are going to lose some shootouts perhaps. Could be a very similar situation to the Rams actually. And our consensus number three, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, I I don't really feel great about having the Cowboys that high because it seems like they belong that high. But at the same time, I don't think they're really winning anything. Maybe they'll win their division, but they're not going to the Super Bowl. They're just good enough in all phases of the game to beat just about anybody. But what do I not like about this team? They're still led by Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. And our final two teams, consensus number two, you guessed it, the San Francisco 49ers. Why? Why should you be optimistic if you're a 49er fan? This is just an outrageously good defense. What are you worried about? What's going to be their Achilles heel? You all know the answer. Who's their quarterback? Is it Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy coming back? And another thing about the 49ers, their offensive line. Is suspect. And that's something these other NFC West teams could take advantage of. And our number one NFC team, and they deserve it the Philadelphia Eagles, just a complete roster, good defense, great offensive line. The only thing they have going against them is that Super Bowl hangover. Does that hit them like it's some other teams? I don't think it's going to. The Eagles are going to be very formidable. Solid roster, great team, great coach. Not a lot to dislike about the Philadelphia Eagles. That's my NFC power rankings. That's the consensus power rankings that Matt and I came up with. One through 16, Rams sitting there at number nine. Remember, that's just two spots out of the playoffs. So if they overperform a little bit, they will be in the playoffs. And hey anything can happen you just gotta get to the dance that's gonna do it for this episode remember you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com visit our website at ramsup.com and don't forget about our youtube channel our handle is at laramsup.com until next time keep the horns up stay safe and have fun out there
0: music courtesy of the youtube audio library tracks featuring bar crawl by track tribe buckeye bonsai by vans in japan and crimson fly by hamama
1: the cat Um